Let's somebody say amen. amen. Everyone have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. Good, good, good. I am so glad you're here. And if you're with us today, you know, first, second, third time, maybe checking things out, getting back to church, back to God, wherever you are. And maybe if you're here today and you think, you know what, I'm not even sure if there is a God. I am so glad that you are here. And I want to tell you that our place here at MVCC, we're all about helping you to move the needle over a little bit closer to relationship with Jesus Christ. So if that's you this morning, you got questions, concerns, I just want you to know this is a very safe place and we would love to help you with that. So um, we're going to get to the word in a second. We are winding down a very, very short series called Stop Going to Church. We'll get to, there and to that in just a moment. I wanted to let you know that next week, I'm so excited, we are starting a new series called Light. We're going through the Gospel of Luke the entire, probably three quarters of the way to 2022. We'll be in the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Now, the reason I bring this up is, please, if you're, this is your home you love the Lord, I want to ask you to just please open your Bibles to Luke and just start reading through every week. We're going to be in sync together. The messages will hit your heart. They'll hopefully stimulate some challenging uh, things in your life about following Jesus and hopefully open some new doors to God. So I really want to challenge you to open that word and get into it. Amen? Amen. Um, this morning, if uh, you've maybe noticed the last couple of weeks, we've uh, been really involved in our community. And uh, that's just a constant thing here at MVCC. I have a firm conviction that when Jesus was here on the earth, he was here to serve and love people because that's what the Bible tells us. So we want to serve people outside our context, but we also want to serve people within our context of South County. So there are a couple of things going on and you can still get involved in. Uh, we support an orphanage of children who obviously do not have parents or a home as we would know it. And so that is down across our border. And if you want to get involved in that, there's connection point and there's all kinds of ways to get involved and give. So that's coming up real soon. Also, I want to let you know that we are having a, uh, not just a COVID epidemic, but we're having an epidemic of families that do not have enough money to feed their children right here in Lake Forest, El Toro area. And so we've decided to jump on board with an organization called Feed the Need. And so um, if you'd like to help you know, feed families monetarily, or you'd like to um, be involved in serving and distributing that stuff, again, it's all at the connection point in the back. I'm just a firm believer that we ought to do something with our faith. It's not just sitting and saying we believe in Jesus. If we really believe in Jesus, we're going to do what Jesus told us to do. And there's great joy in that, right? Um, last thing I want to mention is um, everyone has a smartphone pretty much, right? I want to ask you to please download the app on your phone, MVCC app. It's going to open up doors for you to just hear messages, get involved, connect, life groups, service opportunities. Here's what's going on next week at MVCC kind of thing. And so I just want to encourage you, please download the app. And uh, in the spirit of, of giving, a few uh, about a month ago, I had kind of mentioned where we're at financially. It is so easy if you're, this is your home, we want to ask that you're just faithful to the Lord in your, your financial giving. It is so easy to give right on your phone. How many of you have things delivered at your door through Amazon? Okay, right. So um, you can do something really cool through Amazon. You can um, sign up for what's called Amazon Smile. And that means 1% of everything you spend on Amazon will go to the nonprofit of your choice. So that's free money for it. We want you to you know, put MVCC in there and everything you spend on Amazon will go 1% to 
MVCC and the work of the Lord. So I want to encourage you with that. And then the last thing about giving is I really want to encourage you to re- do the reoccurring giving. My wife and I do that. We do that here as a leadership team. And it just means um, electronically, it just comes up. We give every single, uh, every two weeks and it's automatic. It's easy because we just love the Lord. And we're going to put the Lord first and there's no question about that. So I want to encourage you to do that. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Let's pray. We're going to get right into the message. God, I thank you that you are here. You were here before we were here. And God, we are believing you're going to do something great. We don't want to just go to a building. We don't want to go to a place. And that's the extent of our faith. God, we want to live our faith. God, we need you right now. We are in desperation, God, for more of you in our families, our workplace, our schools, our neighborhoods. God, our friendships, wherever we are, God, we want you there. And most of all, God, we want to be a light in a dark place in this world. And so, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd move on your word. Convict us. Challenge us. God, bring us to a deeper walk with you, God. And if there's anybody here that's maybe questioning you or just feels far away, God, I pray the love of your son, Jesus, will penetrate the heart. Convict us, God, of how good you are and how you want deep, deep relationship with us, God. We thank you for heaven. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that we are forgiven. Thank you as we sang this song. We are children of you, God. And we know that's all possible through your love and goodness and kindness. And everybody said together, amen. Amen. We are living, I think you would agree, in a season of darkness, right? Not just COVID, but the extent and the after effects of that and still going on. I mean, with our children, what school are they going to go to? Are we going to homeschool? Are they going to be in private school? Are schools going to open? Do they need to wear a mask? Do I need to? All these things going on. The economy. I have never been in my life remembering a time that we are absolutely so divided politically and racially. We are so divided. And unfortunately, I think that has crept its way even into God's people. It's sad to me how we can draw divisional lines over certain issues that have nothing to do with Jesus. Our oneness and our unity comes through our belief and our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's where our unity is found. Jesus lived in a dark day. When Jesus was born into the world, which we're going to look at Luke chapter 1 next week, he was born into darkness. Remember that they tried to take his life as a toddler. Jesus was born into a lot of conflict. Rome was the emerging uh, uh, superpower. They wanted world domination. So Jesus was born into a lot of conflict. But most of all, Jesus was born into spiritual darkness. There was so much spiritual darkness going on. But Jesus came in as the light. And he did something amazing. He revived the heart. He came and he changed lives from the inside out. Those of you that are parents or grandparents or maybe someday want to get married or, or, or maybe have children someday, it's always better when we give our children uh, directives and, and, and opportunities and things. We want that to come from their heart. We want them to make choices for Jesus Christ because they want to, right? Not because they're forced to. And Jesus brings about the same opportunities for us, free will and free choice to love God, to follow God. And I think you would agree that in this darkness that we're living in right now, it just feels like there's spiritual heaviness. I've never seen people just generally, just apathetic about things, kind of asleep, kind of in the background. I'm like, man, where is your faith? This is the time the church should be the church. This is when we need to be the light of Jesus Christ. Now is the time, I believe, for revival to stir up. When we use the word revival, we're talking about something that was once dead is now alive. 
Jesus brings new life into someone. He breathes new life into our lives. There are some folks who are going to get baptized here after second hour today. And basically that just means they've given their life to Jesus Christ. There is new life that's starting to happen. And that baptism is a representation of Jesus' death and his resurrection. The gospel speaks about revival. It's reviving hearts. And I want to say that revival is always happening out of a rooted desperation in prayer. That's why this Tuesday night we're having prayer night. We're having prayer gathering, a worship and prayer night this Tuesday at seven because we believe so strongly that God moves on the prayers of his people. And when we get right with God, when we have a new obedience to Jesus Christ, our whole world opens up to where Jesus told us he is the light, but also now you are the light of the world. Let's go to a couple of verses here. If you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to turn to John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus made it really clear that he is the light came into the world. Now, what light does? Light illuminates. So God brings the light here so that we can see who Jesus is. We can see who God is. God is a loving, caring, merciful, graceful God. He doesn't come to condemn us, but he comes to save us. But we can see ourselves differently now. We're, we're of some value. If Jesus Christ is God, if he is who he said he was, and he came and died on a cross and rose again, he did that personally for you. And so what that means basically is we are of value to God. When we see the light of Jesus Christ, we see ourselves differently. And the third thing is light illuminates so we can see the world the way Jesus sees the world. Isn't it cool how after you get saved, man, when you meet Jesus and you have this radical transformation in your life, you open your eyes and now you see your neighbors, your coworkers, you see family members, you see people around you differently. You see them. This is somebody that God died for. This is somebody that Jesus loves. And all of a sudden there's love in your heart. That's what Jesus was saying, that I came to bring light. Now let's go over to Matthew 5, 14. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And a town on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus made it really clear that he is not saying that I am just the light and it stops there. Now you, my people, if you said yes to Jesus Christ, you are in his family, you are his church. So we're talking about in the series is we are the church of Jesus. We are the people of God. Church means ecclesia in Greek. That means the called out ones We are now the light of the world. And so what does the light do? The light shines. The light brings brightness. The light opens doors. The light allows others to see who God is. Now, one of the guys who was listening to Jesus, you remember, most of you remember his name, Levi. He was a tax collector. He was um, in about his own life. He was consumed with money and possessions and fame and his name and notoriety and he was concerned basically about himself that's what they say from history that these tax collectors they were so self-consumed they were so self-absorbed they didn't have time for anyone else and that was basically their lifestyle 
Now, I think Matthew, known as Levi, I think he was wrestling with that. Have you ever wrestled internally with what does my life really matter? Or the things that I'm chasing after, how much does that really matter in scope of eternity? I think Matthew was wrestling with that. I think Levi, in the quietness of his own heart, as he was being dishonest and honest and tax gathering, and he was an enemy to the Roman state, but he was also an enemy to the Jewish people, which he came from the Jewish heritage. I think there was a lot of conflict and a lot of wrestling going on in his life. So here's now the account we're going to focus in on. Knowing that Matthew was probably wrestling, I asked myself the question, every time I read this text, why did Matthew jump up and follow Jesus and leave everything behind? We're going we're gonna to discover that together here. Luke 5, 27 to 32, Jesus had just healed someone in a small neighborhood of Capernaum who was paralyzed. Jesus heals him, thousands of people are following him, and now we see in this next Uh, phase in chapter uh, 5 verse 27 Jesus moves on to something else which we're going to focus on right here after this meaning after Jesus just healed someone Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth follow me Jesus said to him and Levi got up and left everything and followed him Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to this disciples, why do you drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus' answer is golden. I love this. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Matthew left everything to follow him. Why? context of this text is that the Jewish people had been waiting and waiting and waiting for one day the Messiah to come. The the, the talk about the Old Testament and the stories that were passed down from years and years and years is that one day the Messiah would come and save his people from all of this stuff in the world and give us heaven. But when Jesus came, most of them didn't recognize him because they were wanting Jesus to be this military kind of Messiah where he would free them from the Roman rule. But Jesus didn't do that. He talked about love and forgiveness and reaching out to the poor and the needy and loving people just because I love you. And they didn't like that message. And so that's why a lot of the people didn't, reach, didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah. But Matthew did, I think because, and here it is, I think he was so wrestling with his life I think he was so wrestling with, hey, money doesn't make me happy. More things don't make me feel fulfilled. Because after I have those things for a little while, all of a sudden it just kind of drifts away. It sifts away. And so he was wrestling. So when Jesus said, Matthew, come follow me, he had probably heard Jesus speak in the towns. He had heard about the miracles. He had heard about this guy named Jesus who possibly could be the son of God. And that's why it says, I believe when he got up and left everything to follow Jesus, Jesus met a need in his life. Jesus can meet every need of your life. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, psychologically. Jesus created you. He made you. He knows you. 
And that's why he could look at Matthew square in the eye and say, Matthew, come follow me, man. I will make your life extraordinary. Now, there are four things in this text that I just want to extract out of this. It's always good when we read the Bible. What is it saying, not just to me, but what was it saying then when the writer wrote this? When Luke, Dr. Luke wrote this particular gospel, what does it mean? It's very, very simple. Four things I want you to notice. I hope you're taking some notes. It's always good when we write things down. Helps us remember, put it in our Bible, put it in our purse or our pocket, look at it later. Number one, Jesus makes the call. Jesus makes the call, Matthew, come follow me. Second is this, Matthew answers the call. Is Jesus calling you right now? If you sense that God is stirring something up in your life, I want to encourage you to answer the call, man. And we're going to talk about what that call is to be the light. The third thing that I like here is that Matthew looks back at his friends who were in the dark. And we're talking about Jesus being the light, and now we are the light, and we are to shine. Matthew goes back to his friends that he used to work with because he knew that they were spiritually lost. And the last one, Matthew decides to reach out as the light. You know, I, um, when I read the Bible, I, I, I want to read it for everything that is. If Jesus said it, we just do it. If Jesus said, don't do it, we don't do it. I mean, it's not so complicated. But I like also to read in between the lines. I ask myself questions. I guess, you know, after following Jesus for about 30 years now, I just, I'm more about coming to, not coming to the scripture with answers, but a whole lot of more questions. And can I just say this? It's okay to have questions when we read the Bible. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we stretch. That's how when we wrestle with stuff, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I got some questions, like, as I mentioned, how do we, how do we put this scene into context about why Matthew just left everything and said, yeah, Jesus, I'm with you. He left his whole business. He left his lifestyle. He left the comfort of his own life. But what about this thing that basically he throws a party, he invites Jesus, and he invites all of his past co-workers that are now in the dark. How did all this happen? I think, you know, just indulge me here just for a second, because in between the lines, I think it might have happened something like this. Matthew had heard about Jesus, heard about the miracles, heard about the God-man, and he was a man who was Jewish, so he knew prayer, he understood prayer. Of course, you had to go to the synagogue, and you had to go to the priest and all, but I think there was something that was in him that was crying out. God, I know that I heard the words of Jesus I am now the light of the world. How do I do that? Help me do that. I don't know if maybe it was a spur of the moment after he was crying out to God about how do I do this. You ever had a situation in your life, school, or, or you're at work, or, or, or just any situation with others, and you God, how in the world am I going to reach these people that you love? Because I know that you've called me to be the church. I get that. I know that you've called me to be a light in the dark place, but how do we do this? So Matthew thinks, you know what? I left some stuff back at my tax collecting booth, which, by the way, I've just found something that I thought was kind of, this is what it might have been like, Matthew's tax collecting area. There were a lot of Roman guards that were standing by, making sure that, you know, Matthew and his friends were uh, exorbitantly taxing people above the norm. 
That's what they were known for. They were known as thieves, liars, murderers, and rapists. That's how they would describe a tax collector. We don't do that today with, F, or with uh, uh, Internal Revenue Service, but you can kind of get a context of why Matthew was who he was. And he's, you know, I need to go back to my office. I, I left my laptop. I left my iPhone. And, and I, 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 that pit, the pictures of my family, I, I got to go back and get that stuff because I was so... So enthralled with following Jesus, I forgot. So I need to go back. Can you see him with his cardboard box? And he's carrying his stuff out. And as he's leaving his tax collecting booth, he looks back and he sees people that he worked with. Something triggers inside of his heart. I need to reach these people. I want them to know what I've found. I found Jesus. He found me and I found him. I want them to know that because I remember what it was like to live like that, lost and in the dark. So he, he goes back and he starts thinking to himself as he's walking back, these are the people that I used to have Zoom calls with. These are people that you know, we used to go to the bars after tax collecting, a long day of tax collecting, and we used to talk about customers and what was going on at home and just life and problems and issues. And these are my drinking buddies. These are people I used to hang out with. These are the people that I was in the dark with. And now something's stirring up in his heart. And as he's carrying his stuff, he thinks to himself, you know what, I've always been able to throw a party. I'm always around people that... So, he invites them to a party on Friday night. And this, I think maybe he did it like this. Hey, everybody, just want you to know I'm going to have a party at my place. You've been to my place. You know where I live. We've had many parties. I want you to come to my house Friday night, 7. Somebody's going to be there. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but someone's going to be there. You don't want to miss this. And so the next day, he gets on his donkey and goes to Costco. Gets the little Frankfurters, meatballs, Big, big, you know, bag of chips and salsa. I mean, he's got it to the nines. He wants this to be such a good experience for everybody. Sees down the road and he sees some of the samples. He's going to stop and get some of the samples, a little bit at Costco. Walks down the aisle, sees the long aisle of alcohol. No, I'm not going there because I used to do that. Used to bring me problems. So now he's going to the other aisle. He's getting Diet Pepsis and Diet Coke. And he's got the place to the nines. It's all ready. It's prepared. And Jesus walks into the room and the 12 disciples, and there were some other disciples, I think, maybe that were there. Just want you to see this scene with me for a moment. James and John are over in the corner, and they're talking to some guys. And, 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 and Matthew wants so much because he's thinking about his lost friends. And he's thinking, James and John, Jesus, you called them the sons of thunder. I mean, these guys were bad guys. I think I mentioned just, you know, years ago, I imagine these guys with leather robes, you know, painted on the back. Sons of thunder. These guys were bad guys. And then Jesus comes into their life and changes them from the inside out. So he's a little worried. Are they going to say something that's going to be offensive? Are they going to cuss a little bit? Maybe they're going to offend my non believing friends and then he sees peter over in the corner oh no peter man you're always putting your foot in your mouth don't say something stupid come on peter just just be yourself and then he sees jesus over here with some people and jesus is telling some stories some parables and everyone's having this amazing time and then as we read the text they come in the religious leaders i, I say this conservatively but i say this church people 
Some church people who've been in the church all their life and they like church the way they want it. This is my church and I gave my money and I want it this way. I like my songs. I like my parking spot. I like it the way I like it. This is my church. And they start to become exclusive and they start to become like, it's all about me. This is my church. This is our religion. Who are you, Jesus, to come into this place and hang out with these irreligious, non-believing, non-church people Who are you to hang out with them and your disciples hang out with them? Who do you think you are? Can you see them with their flowing robes and their tassels pointing their bony finger right in the chest of Jesus and three fingers pointing back to them, but they never humble themselves. They cannot humble themselves because our heart is so hard. We think we're better than everybody else. And we may not say that, but how many of us act like that? This is a good lesson. Holy Spirit, thank you for preaching this to my heart. Because sometimes I can get really prideful and I can make life all about me, right? We just be real? And Jesus' answer is golden. I love it. I did not come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And I can see them with their, their flowing robes wrap around their waist. And they hightail right out of that that house as soon as they came, as fast as they came in. And that's maybe about 12, 31 in the morning and everyone's leaving and everyone had a great time. Everybody got a chance to meet the son of God. We don't know exactly what happened, but everybody got a chance to meet him. And Jesus is now leaving. He's exiting the house and there's just a few of the disciples left. And I think Matthew, I think Matthew, because he was wrestling with stuff in his heart, I think when he followed Jesus out, he was a couple steps behind Jesus. And you ever, have you ever wanted to have a conversation with someone but didn't really know if you should? And just maybe we're just going to make it worse or, or maybe no, I want to make it better. Ever been there? Okay, so I think he was following Jesus and out in the front lawn, he stops Jesus and he puts his hand on Jesus' shoulder and he says, Jesus, I just want to thank you so much for coming to my party. I, I just, Jesus, I'm so glad that you were here. And then I think maybe Matthew said something like, Jesus, I'm really sorry that the, the Sadducees and the, and the Pharisees came and ruined the party and they put you on the spot. I'm really sorry about that. Now here's, have you ever felt that way with the Lord? Here's, here's what I think Jesus, I think Jesus put his hand on Matthew's shoulder just gently and he said, Matthew, two things. Matthew, I love your heart. You cared enough about people that are in the dark. You risked something, you tried something. And look what happened. But then the second thing I think he told him in his hand is just ever so gently on Matthew's shoulder, he said something like this. I, I love your boldness and your courage that you're willing to take a risk. I, I think those conversations, you know, we, we, we can't have every conversation in the Bible. Otherwise, we'd be carrying, you know, stacks of Bibles with us. But I think there was something like that that went on in between the lines when we read the text about Matthew leaving so quickly and following Jesus. Why? Because Jesus meant everything to him. And as Jesus meant everything personally to Matthew, this is our heart at Mission Vale Christian Church. This is our heart. Reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ to make disciples who make disciples. From the moment I got saved, 
And Jesus so radically changed me from the inside out. I wanted everyone to know what had happened to me. And I didn't even take classes. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just inviting. I was telling people about Jesus. And then after a while of getting some rejection, can I be honest with you? It kind of cooled off after about six months. I kind of got a little timid. I got a little bit afraid. I got, ah, I don't know if I should. What if they reject me? We're going to blow it here. And we're going to blow a long-term opportunity for them to come to know you, God. So maybe we'll just back off a little bit. Maybe I'm being a little bit too forceful. And I want to say this, that sometimes we can get in such a comatose, apathetic, comfortable state. We start to lose the sensitivity of people that are lost. This church is not about you. It's not about me. This church exists for the darkness that people live in. Now we come to a place, remember last week we talked about, we learn, we grow, we worship, we study the word, we get in community together so that we can be a light in the dark place. Last week we talked about, if you're a member here, if this is your place, you should have a ministry here and a ministry out there. Today we're talking about the ministry out there of the darkness, but God has said, you are the light of the world. Shine your light. Don't be afraid. I am amazed at how many people are willing to have conversations out there, spiritual conversations, but they don't want to talk about church. And that's okay. I understand that. I didn't want to talk about church before I was a Christian. I'll talk to you about spiritual stuff, but I ain't talking about church. Don't be threatened by that. That's not your fault. I just say, let's go with it. If you want to talk about spiritual stuff, let's talk. Do you have questions? Who is God? What is God? What do you believe about God? I, I, I think sometimes we think we got to have all the answers right away, and we put so much pressure on ourselves and pressure on others. People are like, dude, get away from me. Just be, be yourself. It's a very natural thing here. So I want you to think now. I want you to think about this scenario that we just read here in Luke chapter 5. I want you to think about Matthew's journey and what he did, I want you to think right now about five people in your life that are right now in the dark. I want you to think about people in your life that, that are the closest to you. Family, some long, long-term friends, um, People that you've worked with for maybe 15, 20 years. People that you are in community with, but it's just surface level stuff. I, I want you to think about the second group of people. Somebody that's made a real imprint on your life. Somebody that's made a difference. Maybe a teacher, a coach. Um, somebody who stepped out and paved the way for you. Helped you with a decision in your life. The third category of people. I want you to think about people now, and this is a hard one, people you don't like. People that we call, you know, sandpaper people, and they're calling us sandpaper people. Someone who just walks in the room and they already grate on you and they don't have to do anything. They just, by who they are. I want you to think also about people that, in your life, someone that may be aging, someone that might be ill, someone that's having some physical challenges. I also want you to think about somebody who's can't just seem to get over the hurdle of the addiction or a lifestyle or just problems. There just always seems to be problems and they just can't get over those. 
You got five. Now, I'm going to ask us for the remainder of 2021 and 2022, I'm going to ask us to do something risky. I'm going to ask us, first of all, to be praying about those five. But here's the other thing. I'm going to ask us to be an answer to that prayer. It's easy to pray for folks who are in the dark. But the real challenge is, Lord, what do you want me to do about it? Oh, man, you're asking me to do one more thing. You know what, Mike? I got... I got sports, I got my kids in soccer, I have school up to the nines, I'm in uh, a program at school. I don't have one hour to do anything and now you're asking me to do one more thing? I got family, work, all these things. I just put this together here up on the screen. I want you to just take a quick look at this because I think this represents a lot of us in South County. This represents this wheel of life, okay? And I just, slices here of life. We all have slices in life, don't we? Number one is family. That's the most important people in our life. We have family, our spouse, or just if we're dating someone, whatever season of life. Then we have work, people that we work with, people we hang out with, people that we see day in and day out. And next we have friends, friends that we love hanging out with, spending time with. And then we have hobbies, sports, things that we just love to do. But oh my gosh, how could we forget? We gotta give God a slice, right? But God says, uh-uh, I want to be in the center of all this. You know, I, 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 I think Jesus, when he talked to Matthew here, isn't it cool that he used Matthew to write one of the Gospels? And Matthew said in 633, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these things in life, all these things, family, work, friends, hobbies, all that stuff, I will add all those things unto you. You know what Jesus was really saying? I think Jesus was saying, I'll put order in your life if you put my kingdom first. But if you just give me a slice, I can't work with that because God is so much more than a slice. He wants to be our everything. So, so here's what I'm going to ask um, you to do. This next series that I'm starting in Luke is about light for everybody. Christmas time. I love Christmas. I'm going to ask um, in just a moment for you to make your way up to the table on either side here. And on the table, there's some baskets with a, a small um, light bulb like this. There's a pen on the table. And I'm just going to ask you just to come up very quietly and write down the five names of the people that are in your life, that are just in the dark. And then I'm going to ask you just to take it over to the light board here in one of the sockets and just screw it in. And then as we're going to keep this going all month in December, we're going to ask, if you choose, if you want to, those five people who need the light of Jesus Christ. And then now we have opportunity to bring that light. So if you'd like to make your way forward and just take, like I said, one of the pens, write down the names on the bulb, put it in one of the side uh, sockets in there, and then let's just let the light of Jesus fill this place. So God, as your people are just coming forward, we know that you love everybody. 
equally God. I just pray right now that all these names that we're putting down on on this small little physical thing, just as a reminder, God, our prayer is that you would already start working. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.